Welcome to Insights, a podcast brought to you by The Young Catholic Woman, where we share articles with you written by women across the world about topics close to the young Catholic woman's heart. This is Carolyn, the creative director at The Young Catholic Woman. I wanted to take a moment and invite you to consider becoming a patron at The Young Catholic Woman and supporting all of our work, whether that's the Vigil Magazine or the articles you can find online, the podcast, and more. All we ask is that you consider donating $5 a month. And for the month of January, for the new people who come on and become new patrons, we are giving out free $10 gift cards. Um, and you can purchase anything in our shop, whether it's an issue of Vigil, um, one of our books, digital downloads, whatever it is, you'll get a $10 gift card if you pledge $5 or more um, this January. We are hoping to get 20 new patrons, and we would love, love, love for you to be one of them. So to become a patron, you just visit patreon slash This week, our episode is called How to Not Over-Spiritualize Your Heartache, and is written by me, Carolyn Shields. And if it sounds like I have COVID, it's because I do, so I apologize for the um, sound my voice might make during reading this article. We can pray our hearts out, light those candles, crank out novenas, and sacrifice like never before. We have a God whose heart went dead cold so that ours might go on, and we have a mother whose heart was pierced not just once, but by seven swords. But woo, sometimes we need to recognize the danger of over-spiritualizing heartache and simply accept the tough reality that, frankly, it's hard. It's not easy but the following reflections might be able to help. Emotions are powerful. Edith Stein wrote, emotions occupy the center of a woman's soul. This isn't a cop-out, pithy one-liner to justify why our sentiments sometimes override our reason, but it does say this, it's okay. You will be okay. It's important to feel your emotions, but to remember that they aren't everything. In fact, the louder and more powerful they are, the more likely they are short-lived and therefore not from the Lord. There's a great risk in focusing too much on our emotions precisely because they can be so intense, especially during times of great suffering. (coughs) The spiritual masters began discernment by taking pulse of how they were feeling and why. On one end of the spectrum, there's wallowing in our sorrow. And on the other end, there's escapism. If we don't like how we feel, our culture encourages us to do something else. We need to strive for a middle ground because it's important to have dialogue with our emotions. We can ask, where are you coming from? What specifically prompted this? Was it an external or an internal thing? Am I crying because I saw a photo of him on social media? Maybe I should avoid Instagram for a while. Are these emotions drawing me to greater trust or to despair? Number two, the importance of embracing reality. Sometimes we like to avoid asking ourselves these questions because we don't like the answers. But when we engage with reality, even when it's dark or painful, we can, in a sense, own it. Simply by acknowledging it, we are taking the first step towards healing. Even in these hard times, in the midst of brokenness, the Lord is still good. He is still holy. He is still worthy of praise, now more than ever. For whatever reason, the Lord is asking this of you, and it is enough for you to say, okay. We need to ask for the courage to embrace reality however it comes to us. 
Marco Ivan Rupnik, SJ, writes in Discernment, Acquiring the Heart of God, quote, Love always has a paschal dimension, which is sacrifice and offering. It is neither easy to understand nor to accept the love that is fulfilled in a paschal way. Everything beautiful, good, noble, and just is played out in the midst of difficulties, obstacles, and resistance, and thus assumes a paschal dimension. The path of the Holy Spirit never passes from Holy Thursday to Easter Sunday, skipping over Good Friday and Holy Saturday. End quote. Do not despair. It's important to mourn, grieve, and to process in a way that is healthy for you, but we should not despair. Despair occurs when we put too much faith in ourselves and not enough in God's plan for our eternal happiness. It is a complete abandonment of hope. Counteract it with hope. Place your hope in him. Capital H, him, not him. Lowercase h, him. Father Jacques Philippe writes in Interior Freedom, it could be said that, while charity is the greatest of the three theological virtues, in practice, hope is the most important. St. Therese of Lisieux takes it a step further, saying, we obtain from God as much as we hope for from him. And here's the kicker. Hope can only be born in poverty. Pope Francis writes in The Christian Meaning of Suffering that it is through perseverance in bearing whatever disturbs us that hope is unleashed. Father Jacques Philippe continues and adds, hope is not a vague and dreamy, hope is not vague and dreamy, but confidence in the faithfulness of God who will fulfill his promises, confidence that gives us strength when we hope we are not passive, we are acting. Do not romanticize your pain. You may be filled to the brim with reflections on paschal love and redemptive suffering, but do not self-isolate these fruits. It is too easy for the devil to take such vulnerable pieces and contort them or even pluck them from the vine. For example, yes, this may literally be the deepest form of love that you can give him right now. By your sacrifice and by your commitment to letting go, This act of love may be the greatest gift you can ever offer. But don't stop there. Do not fixate on Good Friday without keeping the resurrection in your sight. And if romanticism is a way to help you cope, or is a language that speaks to your heart, simply allow the Lord to be the one that uses it. St. Faustina's diary is full of lyrical language that is like balm for the worn and weary heart. She wrote, Do not be absorbed in your misery. And this is Jesus talking to St. Faustina. Do not be absorbed in your misery. You are still too weak to speak of it. But rather, gaze on my heart filled with goodness and be imbued with my sentiments. Strive for meekness and humility. Be merciful to others as I am to you. And when you feel your strength failing, if you come to the fountain of mercy to fortify your soul, you will not grow weary on your journey. Be extra conscious of how you pray. It's so easy to offer up every single rosary for him every single time, to keep fervently praying solely to the saints that he loved, but we need to recognize how the Lord is speaking to us in prayer. And are we finding ourselves using prayer as a way to cling, to claw, to clutch? Sometimes we use prayer as an anchor when it needs to be wind in our sails. We try to wrestle to conform the Lord's will to fit ours, and in the end, 
we will only hurt ourselves. We might find it valiant to make sacrifices during this time, or we may find ourselves going to great feats to do whatever it is we think is being asked of us. But Rupnik adds, At times, to avoid the path of true faith, we propose high ideals, projects that go beyond even what the gospel proposes, more than the imitation of the greatest saints. Then afterward, bitter, tired, and deluded, we reject not only the proposed ideals we have made, but also our faith, or we become closed, hardened, and harsh. In summary, sometimes we demand more of ourselves in times like this than what God is even asking. And if we aren't paying attention to our prayer, Rupnik says it can become, quote, a rote, a habit, or degenerate from a true conversation with God to one in which one is actually only alone with one's thoughts. And lastly, you really, really can't do it alone. All of this is tough. So how do you do it? You need to seek out a spiritual advisor or someone who can give you sage advice. It's good and important to talk to your girlfriends, but you also need someone who can give objective Catholic advice. This can be tough, but we have a beautiful saving grace, the Blessed Mother. St. Louise de Montfort writes that when we offer our sacrifices and efforts into the Blessed Mother's hands, she purifies our intentions and flaws and delivers a spotless gift to her son. So to end, let's have confidence and the grace to truly believe that our Lord's power is manifested in our weakness.